about the wanderers in all gold and black You better retreat cause we're on the attack The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back Well, hello everybody, welcome to episode 286 That's 286, it's the Ines Wolves podcast leads mailbag. It's the second of the week. Kino, the peeps cannot get enough of us. I can't get enough of you, in fact. I can't get enough of anybody and everybody. <laughs> and to be honest, when I was when I was struggling um, back in university days, and I was a big boy at twenty-one stone. I would take anything. And I mean anything on a night out. I was Strugglesville. I wasn't very popular with the old ladies, mate. You weren't very popular? That, no. that shocks me. No, mate. I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> you might have seen a picture that I put out the other, the other week of, uh, of old school Judah with the old slick back hair, the chubby cheeks. I did see um, that, yeah. A face only a mother would love, big boned. Not um, even that. Those were in the old um, Ice Age... Back of the cinema days with a chicken chow men during seminars at journalism. It wasn't a good look, but yeah, just, just didn't really help my um, my romancing on an evening, put it that way, in Liverpool. <laughs> romancing on an evening, crikey. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, for all the stick you may get about being 65 years old, um, you know, you're, you're looking good for your age. <laughs> oh, bless you. It was, um, um, I, can remember, I can remember going back to my digs and my halls, mate, and, you know, people who know... The lifestyle that I like to I like to live, halls sharing with three or four or five people in an apartment is not what I was I envisioned really. Um, I had to share a microwave with people, but I was cooking some terrible things, ordering Donna pizzas, oh, and then with word. and then I was finishing Donna pizzas and getting a chocolate gatto afterwards and eating a chocolate gatto from the pizza shop, coming in like a burger polystyrene wrap. So I was eating both of them on a night. I mean, the amount of calories. I was Rustler's burgers, microwavable burgers. I was having <laughs> oh, them. No. Oh, mate, it was an absolute. It was shocking. No no wonder I was struggling on a night out at 1 a.m., walking around, walking around clubs just looking for anything, any kind of scraps. So the only scraps I found was at the bottom of a deep fat fryer from the fish and chippy at 2 a.m. on the way home on my own. Oh, it's a lovely way of phrasing, isn't it? Any kind of scraps <laughs> you can get. It's, it's incredible. Oh dear. Anyway, anyway, I digress. Uh, lovely day at Cheltenham on Wednesday, mate. You, I tell you what, Kino. If we haven't been sacked between now and next next season, and we're still in a job in March, I, you've got to come to Cheltenham for a day with me, mate. mate it's I would, it's I, such I would, a glorious I day. I would love that. I'd one hundred percent do that. Dress up. Have you got a duo a suit? Have you got a suit? I do. I do. I've got. Okay. A, I've got a couple of nice numbers. I, in fact, I was. Uh, contemplating buying some uh, updating the wardrobe if you will uh, mm. so maybe I'll do it in perfect time for our, our trip next year oh got, can I tell the peeps this or not can I tell them the watch story or not oh the watch story oh yeah yes. I don't know yeah whatever go for <laughs> so, it so Liam's obviously earning some serious dough at this moment in time you know 15 grand a year I'm big flying. big money big big money anyway he looked he was, he was he was having a look I think was it Bista you were at the other day yes I was at Bista Village it's very nice Bister Village, and he was doing a little bit of shopping and having a little bit of window shopping. He saw a very nice watch, um, and he was like, "Oh, I mean, it's a bit pricey." You know, we're, I'm not going to say how much it was, but you know, we're we're, we're comfortably into four figures, let's say at this moment in time. <laughs> and and, um, and he was like, "Oh," what? and he was asking me because I like to wear the odd watch or two. I haven't got loads, but you know, I'll, I'll obviously um, splurge if I if I think it's um, it's the right it's the right purchase. And he was like. Tell you what, what, what do you think of me ordering or buying a, a tag hua? And I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, what? And he goes, you know, a tag hua. And I'm like, you mean a tagger? And he goes, yeah, yeah, what are they? I'm like, well, if you're spending that amount of money, you'll have to pronounce it right. But I would love it. I, this was, this was, I would love it if you walked in and go, I'm, I'm interested in this tag hua in the um, in the window, please. I'd be like, yes, sir. One second, let me go and get your tag hua for you to try on. Oh in, my in my defence, my god, I'm like, wait, just, just wait on that. I'd wait on it. Go on, in yeah. your defence, it was, it was very, it was good. But look, in, it was in my defence, yeah. Um, I did say to you at, in the sentence, I said, mm. 
I don't know how to pronounce it, tag, and then I said it. And then I was like, oh, that doesn't sound right. And then your laugh sort of gave it away that I, uh, <laughs> that I, may, have, that I may have pronounced it wrong. Look, I don't know. I'm not... I, I wanted to, to get the watch. It looked nice. Um, but I'm not like a watch expert. I'm not a connoisseur, if you will. So I don't know. I don't you know. Because I, I did go in and have a look at it, and the guy was like, oh, do you, do you want to try it on? I was like, nah. If I try it on, I'm going to end up buying it. Um, I was like, I don't really, I, I've got a house to buy first, so I wanted to maybe, you know, prioritise. I'm sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure you loved that conversation, the guy working there, great. Well, I didn't Fantastic. say that to him, of course, but um, he, he, he then went, um, oh, are you looking for a watch for, um, for I can't remember what it was, he said evening or dining wear or something like that, or, 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 or day-to-day, and I was like, mate... <laughs> To, to me, they're the same thing. <laughs> I, was like, oh, I didn't say this too, obviously, but I was like, come on. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not going to buy three or four of these things. Um, Mate, there's definitely day watches and evening watches. You know what I mean? The day yeah. watches are kind of more rigid. You've got, you've got a classic face. They're smart. And then, you know, when it comes post 6 p.m., the diamonds come out, baby. Yeah, and in, in my world, it's, it's all the same thing, mate. What I would say, the moral of this story, I know he said, yes, sir, I think you may be suited to swatch across the street, <laughs> which I know he sent you there. But, uh, but I think uh, the moral of this story, Liam, is if you're going to spend well into four figures onto a watch, you should know how to pronounce it. Don't get the watch. Don't get that watch. Go for something bigger, better, or something that you know is a little bit more, you know, up your street. I mean, you can't really mispronounce Casio, can you? So happy days. There's just no need. There's no need. <laughs> I um one day that the watch purchase will will happen. It's just not going to be. I, I think um, Rosie was surprisingly on board with me. You know, she's like, "If you want to get it, get it." Yeah. And I was like, "Oh, how many months can wow. I stretch this? How many months can I stretch this over a credit card?" And and I, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "I was like, well, if I'm already cons- considering that, maybe it's not a great idea." But then I, I then was like, "Well, she's saying it's okay, but at the same time, we are yeah. both, we are both currently saving to buy a house." I, is it a smart investment at this point in time? Probably not. So, in, in the years to come, I will, I will, I will indulge in a nice watch. I do have a, a, you know, a nice Hugo Boss watch, but it's not anywhere near the kind of money that we were talking for that one. So, uh, I will, I will buy one eventually, just not yet. Well, like I said, this time next year, you can wear your lovely watch, and we'll go to Cheltenham. How's that? That sounds amazing. Delightful, right? It's mailbag. Should we take some questions from the beautiful people? Let's do it. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna rinse through as many questions as we can, um, and of course, head of the big game uh, tomorrow against Leeds. Bloody hell! I'm uh, getting nervous now. Okay, here we go. Jack Arnold says the next six games are huge, with some of the big games being at home. Is it too much to say four wins in the next six are achievable, with three of the teams currently being below us? Um, so let's go on to the next six games. Leeds at home, Forest away, Chelsea at home, Brentford at home, Leicester away, Palace at home. Those are your big six. Massive six games, Liam. And I think that Chelsea game, you've got to almost approach it a bit like they did against Spurs. Um, But those other five, look, Chelsea will be favourites, but we know what the struggles Chelsea have had. But even Brentford at home, you know, I mean, Everton beat them last weekend, but Leeds, Forest, Brentford, Leicester, Palace... This is where this is this is this is where Wolves move seriously, don't they? Yeah, you've got to take advantage of this um, of this stretch of games because after that, uh, the the Palace one, of course, you're then going into Brighton at the end of April, mm-hmm. and we all know how the calendar works. After that, we're in May, yeah. Um, yeah. and uh, and that is very much the business end of the season. You know, the season is you know Wolves have got four games remaining after that Brighton one. Um, starting Villa on the 6th of May. So um, those stretch in the next six games is really the stretch where Wolves have to try and pull themselves away from from trouble or at least give themselves enough of a buffer where we're getting towards the final few weeks. Uh, and as I keep reiterating, it's going to be ups, it's going to be downs, but get yourself enough of a, a gap, enough of a buffer to to be fine. And, and sort of, even if you wrap it up within a, you know, a game or two to go, that's the kind of position I think you want to be in. So... Um, Leeds and Forest, as we all know, the two that we've sort of been highlighting as the next two that are uh, that are huge. Leeds, I think, it's definitely a must not lose, um, but a point would be in some ways disappointed as well. Particularly if you don't follow it up with a win at Forest, I think you've got to get four points minimum from the two. You you rightly pick out Chelsea because, albeit it's a tough game, Wolves are at home. Chelsea have been poor this season. We know that by their standards. 
Brentford at home again, tough game. Brentford are, are a good side, but are beatable, as you already mentioned with Everton there, that you know they can be beaten. Leicester away, it's, it, it can go either way. That one depends on what, for both teams, actually, Leicester and Wolves, what team turn up on the day. And then Palace at home midweek. Again, Wolves have struggled against Palace in the last few years, but the way that they've been performing recently, the kind of results they've got, it's, it's, it's a game that potentially can consolidate Wolves' position in mid-table. So um, a real huge six games that probably is going to define Wolves' season, um, if, you, if, if we can be put it that bluntly. And um, and you have to be you have to be on it, and and most of them, apart from but well, all of them, apart from the Palace game, it's all Saturday or weekend games with a, with a week in between. So you've mm. got plenty of time to prepare. There's no con- no issues or concerns about fitness and and fixture congestion. The Wolves have got no excuses. I'll put it that way, and um, and I think it's a great opportunity for them to to give themselves that buffer to to secure safety. Good stuff. Sean Irish Wolf, a bit from Sunday. Uh, He said it didn't get much coverage, but surely Isak gained an advantage by pushing Johnny. This is obviously for the header for the goal. Um, Without it, surely the header than goal doesn't happen. Do you think it was a do you think it deserved a VAR review? Yeah, I know you briefly mentioned it in the last potty as well. Mm. Um, I think he's got to be a bit stronger there. I mean, the first thing I'd say is why is it that Johnny is the man that happens to be marking Isak? I think that in itself is a mistake. Um, but I think he has to be stronger. I think he's just been a little bit too weak, and you see that it's a contact sport. At the end of the day, you see those kind of uh, nudges and that kind of contact all the time, and they're not always fouls. So I think I think had it been had the goal been ruled out for a, a wolf free kick, I think Newcastle would be harsh done by. To be fair, Andy Hodge says surely we use the same format as the Champions League and Europa League where referees from other countries officiate games. In this case, officiate Premier League games. This, of course, is another controversy on Sunday with Andy Madley and VAR and people just had enough of, of the referees in this country, Liam. Yeah, I quite like the premise of, of that idea, to be honest. Um, but I think in practice, logistically, I think it's difficult. Um, you would have to set up some sort of... probably some sort of governing body that oversees... Um, international refereeing um, across the board, which I, I, I don't know if, how easy that is to do. Um, and then at the same time, you've got, it's also a culture thing. You know, you're, you, For example, Spain, um, it's a very different type of football to what we have in the Premier League. And albeit there are some very good referees out there that do Champions League games, etc., as, as the person mentioned, they, they give fouls for different points of contact it's um i think it's probably fair to say it's a little bit softer um i don't know whether the premier league would benefit necessarily from that so i can understand the reason behind it something absolutely has to be done about the referees over here and var as a as a system as a, as a technology completely agree with that not sure it's the answer it's a nice idea i don't think in practice it probably works uh, paul lappage says with no rui patricio rui patricio anymore who is the nicest smelling Wolves player? This is a good shout because Liam, you're often down at the bottom in the mix zone. The players come off the pitch, they get showered, they get changed, they put the the Cologne on, um, and um, who um, you know when you walk past them, you know many people walk past you when you ask for an interview and they just ignore you and <laughs> walk straight past and they no say, need. oh they they come and give an excuse of you know my my right shoelace is untied or I've got a holiday even though they've got a game in two days time or. Anything they do to avoid an interview. Some of them do. Some of them stop. Of course they do. I, I, I digress. But um, who do, who passes you and you just get a little whiff and you go, oh yeah, oh <laughs> wow. No, no, I wouldn't. Definitely wouldn't get any interviews if I started doing that. Still in the mix zone. Oh yes. Oh, <laughs> Love a bit yes. of that. Oh, sniff a little bit of that, son. Um, it may surprise you to know that. I've never. Stood oh there. come on. No, oh, come not even on. once has it crossed my mind and thought. Oh, you smell very nice today. Oh, no. you smell so, uh, unfortunately, I would love to give an answer, but I can't. What I will ask, because I'll, I'll put it back onto you, uh, mm. Mr. Judah. Mm. Um, obviously, I was uh, I came in the job after Patricia had left the club. So, yeah, was he well known for smelling for smelling oh. nice? I didn't know this. Right. I mean, there's been many times he's been doing a post-match interview, and my nose is just getting closer and closer to his shoulder and to his hair and to the hairs on the back of his neck. I mean, just incredible, just no, beautiful, no wonder, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone, absolutely gone. I, I'll be honest. 
I've smelled Adama a couple of times and he smells great. But he just smelled, I mean, when you're in the mix zone, Liam, most of the players come out relatively quickly. If the last person to come out of that shower and that dressing room, nine times out of ten, am I right in saying, would be Adama Traore? Spot on. I mean, that is uh, one of a couple of reasons why I've never interviewed him. The other, the, the others be well up until up until the uh, the winner against Spurs when I interviewed him after that. But before that, I'd never interviewed him. Some of the reasons were because I'd be interviewing someone else in the mix zone and he's walked past and he's been on my list as someone I wanted to try and stop. And I'm like, oh great, perfect timing. Uh, normally, uh, you know, away games when he's a bit quicker, but at a home game, you probably have to stand in that mix zone for at least an hour and a half, maybe two hours, if you want to get any chance of him walking past because. You know, he, he hangs around, loiters in the dressing room, I don't know what he's doing, then he goes in the shower and he takes ages. He's making himself look good, but I will, I can't say whether he's the best because I, I don't pay any attention to him. Maybe I will in future, but I will agree with you. When I interviewed him after Spurs, he did smell very nice. There you go, there we go. We got to it in the end. Scott Chappell says, the problems are there for all to see, not just the referees, but our own ability to take our chances better. Julian Lopetegui has made a huge impact when he came in. But some of our players need to back him up and play like we know they can. If we can stay up, we need a busy summer transfers in and out. Do you agree with Scott, Liam, that, that the players need to start backing Lopetegui up to a certain extent as well? Yeah, there's there's some, definitely. Um, I think as a whole, there's been improvement, obviously, in, in vid- individuals and the squad. Um, so I don't think you can throw that at every player. Um, but there's definitely some. I think Pedence is one that I would mention. Um, been in and out of the team, obviously. Not starting many up until... Uh, actually, that the game against uh, Newcastle was his first start since January 14th, uh, ironically. Um, didn't particularly take his chance. He did okay, but off the bench previously, uh, well, missed the squad for the game prior, and then previously, very little impact off the bench. So he's one of a couple of players I would say needs to do a bit more. Um, the problem with me is, and you mentioned chances in that question, um, how many real good chances do Wolves create against Newcastle? Not many. Mm, no. And that's been the case for quite a few of the games um, on, on the whole really and I bring you back to a point I mentioned in the last poddy as well about expected goals um, Jimenez has played tw- these these stats are before the Newcastle game because I did this piece on uh, just before the game but so it would be slightly different now but before the Newcastle game he played 11 Premier League games a season had an expected goals of 1.95 Diego Costa had played 14 had and obviously these are mixtures of starts and substitute appearances. Mm. Um, Costa played fourteen, had I think it was two point two three expected goals. I think my memory serves me right here. Cunha, oh, it's very close if, if I'm slightly off. Cunha, this again, this was before Newcastle eight Premier League games, had one point two five. So very low, even very, even if they'd taken those chances. Even, even if they even if they had scored, so you, you're talking. Four somewhere, goals, somewhere five, between four five, five. And somewhere between five and six goals. It's about five point six. I think it works out at somewhere between five and six goals. Obviously, having five extra goals would be, would be brilliant. Of course, it would. But the difference between between zero and five yeah. over what was I think about thirty six games, something like that. Mm. Appearances com- combined, uh, yeah, appearances, yeah, uh, uh, combined, is very poor. I mean, it's very the, the difference is, is is minimal. So. Wolves, as a, as a result, that was the conclusion of my piece, really. Wolves do not create, for their strikers, do not create anywhere near enough quality chances for them to score goals. They should have scored more They say should have scored more than zero, more than they have, but they shouldn't all be sat here. on Based on the quality of chances, they shouldn't all be sat here on five, six, seven goals apiece. And that's purely because Wolves are not creating enough for them. Sounds a good piece, that wins it out. I might have to read it. Uh, you should have read it already because it was um, last Thursday. <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I'd set you up. Uh, Chris Fisher, can you foresee if the trend of big club favouritism continues, the potential of supporter groups banding together to go after PGMOL, um, whether through class action lawsuits or protests? I think um, fans will definitely make their, their voice heard. I, I would hope they do. How, how far that goes is, is up to them. How far... The PGMOL or the FA actually take any notice of it is another thing. Look, they're, the PGMOL, um, they don't do anything in public or very rarely. Um, Wolves will have been in conversations with them after the incident at Newcastle. Um, and as of recording, 
not aware of any anything that's going to be coming out publicly. Um, the communication's open, but it's all very quiet. Um, and nothing really changes because Wolves are going to be told, right, yeah, you know, that's probably a mistake on our end. My bad. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, we'll try not to let it happen again. Then the next thing happens, whether it's the same type of mistake or something totally different, and it'll be the same response and nothing changes. So um, perhaps fan uh, intervention would, uh, would, would force something to change, and I would hope it would, but... I'm not massively confident that that anything major is gonna 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 be different, really. Freezing Wolf says, "Match the day. Does it need freshening up? Commentary is a must, but does it need pundit analysis?" Um, yeah, because I I think the likes of Ian Wright, Alan Shearer, and, and Gary Lineker are, are pretty good. I'll be honest with you, um, and they're players who've been there and done it, and and have got the experience. Uh, punditry is important you're not going to agree with everything but I like it I like it and I think the, the format works so we can finally move past this no- this nonsense of the last couple of weeks do you um do you watch Match of the Day religiously I mean I miss I must admit I used to watch it religiously and I think now and maybe it's just the nature of the job Keenan when we're traveling whether it's I mean even if we're at home where you know you're there what one o'clock sometimes earlier for a three o'clock kickoff we're probably back around half seven eight I mean for me even in an away game, as much as I'd want to, I guess, I just can't legislate putting it on for another hour and a half. Maybe I'm just footballed out. Maybe I'm just the, maybe it's just me, but it's a, it's a hard sell, especially when you get back to the misses to, uh, to stick 90 minutes or 80 minutes of, of footballer on the night at 10.15. Well, it's exactly the same for me because I used to watch it all the time. Um, but I think, yeah, particularly with long days and then coming back from the football and I just... I, I don't find myself ever wanting to watch it. I think the only time I've watched it, I think I mentioned this on a potty recently, the only time I've watched it in the last, I would say maybe a couple of years or so, was uh, beginning of Feb when Wolves beat Liverpool 3 0. Um, mm. And even then, I didn't watch the whole thing. I, I think no. when, it, when it got to the games that were like nil nils, I just turned it off. So I think, yeah, for, particularly in our line of work, I think there's only so much you can you can digest at one time. So, yeah, I, I very, very, very rarely put it on. Um, but I yeah. still like it. I still like the format. I still like what they do. So yeah. I think it could do with freshening up from time. I think sometimes it's a little bit monotonous. But, um, but yeah, I can't, I, can't, I can't remember the last time I watched it from start to finish with, with everything. Just five years, max, probably, I would say. So um, I, I definitely look at the, the Wolves stuff. Sometimes I'll record it and just go straight to Wolves if I haven't got time to watch it all and see what they say, which is normally... Um, the last just fast forward the first 45 to 50 minutes and see it at the end and uh, you see the highlights and that's it pretty much normally the way isn't it <laughs> no goals Wollongong Wolf says how big are the next two games surely it's not good for our health if this goes down to the last few weeks of the season you're telling me no yeah exactly I mean me and, me and you'll be eating clean so that our blood pressure's not through the roof uh, oh god <laughs> Please don't let it go down to Everton and Arsenal. I know, Please. I know. We, we Please. keep saying it, but we have to keep saying it because if it does get down to that, I, I don't know how we're gonna, actually going to cope. Um, but Arsenal, yeah. Arsenal, Arsenal will have a lot to play for when they've got to they've got to win the game to win the Premier League, mate. It'll be a quiet game, that. Yeah, and that'll be their first title since what was it? Maybe oh two oh three? Is it something just like don't. that? Just don't. something like that. I, I really hope it's not that because all the all the because I know what happened as well that day because sometimes when and we've had this. Actually, more times than not recently, mainly with Liverpool. Liverpool, last game of the season or game before, and they can win the Premier League. And, of course, every man and his dog wants to be there, which means that accreditation is impossible. So it'll be very difficult to get two people there if Arsenal need to win the title this season. So I could be flipping, well, I was going to say with the fans, I might have to slum it in corporate for that day or something like that. But, um, <laughs> slum it in corporate. It, it, could be, um, it could be an interesting day. So I hope... Let's hope that the the title's decided, and not, well, I know some fans would like to say, okay, well, Wolves at least Wolves' destination or destiny is decided, so that they can either put a spanner in the works or be part of a of some last day drama. Pretty much spot on, I think. Uh, if Wolves can, well, the next two games, as the question said, massive, hundred um, percent. And if Wolves can be safe, but you know, maybe be part of uh, of an exciting final day, I'll take that. I'll be happy with that. Like like it was last season, you know, when Wolves mm. went. <laughs> Went one 0 up at Liverpool, and uh, and then all of a sudden Liverpool get into a, into a winning position. It looked like they, they were going to win it at one point with Villa causing an upset, and then it all uh, it all it all <laughs> ran away with them. But um, it, it, even though it, from a neutral point of view, it's actually quite nice to be there for those kind of moments because it's quite 
entertaining, but um, as long as Wolves' future is not relying on it, that's all. That's all I care about. Absolutely, and look, we want to want to be relaxed because that's the Sunday, the Saturday night keynote. We're out, baby. We're out in London. We're Too hitting right the town. Now. We are hitting the town. So hopefully, we can Wolves' destination was all sorted out. We know that they're going to be in the Premier League, and then we can. We're going big. We're going big, baby. It's wait. It's the, you know, go big or go home. We've got to go out there and do it. It'd be rude It'll not be, to. Uh, well, it's a four thirty kickoff as well, so we've got. Oh, it's a four o'clock kickoff, I think. So uh, yeah, it, probably. It, probably if, I think normally it's four. I think on the last day of the season, so I think it'd be four. Yeah. So we're look, gonna we're gonna need those hours, mate. We're gonna need those hours on Sunday. I know. We'll we'll have a lion, a nice little cuddle. Woo! Love it. Right here we go. Um, Aaron Wright says, "Is Julian Lopetegui taking a horses for courses approach to lineups, or does he generally not know his best eleven? If he doesn't know his best lineup, should we be worried about that?" Um, I don't think it's that he doesn't know his best. I think it's that he he, he does take it very much on a game by game basis, and um, and and you see a trend as I mentioned, and I think it was in the last party as well about the uh, Matinho playing as a ten and and away from home and and those sort of trends that we're seeing. Um, so I, I think it's that. There's an argument, obviously, that making too many changes too regularly is not ideal. Um, but Wolves, for the most part, have have it served them well enough so far to this point. And um, and I think you, you would trust Lopetegui to make the kind of changes that are that are needed. You do hope, particularly with a game like Leeds, that he chooses a, a positive, forward-thinking, attacking lineup that is capable of taking the game to them and winning and winning it. So. That's the only thing I would say because um, I think he's been a little bit conservative at times. He was guilty of that at, at Sevilla as well, um, particularly towards the end of his, his tenure there. But overall, I think you have to you trust him in in, in the decisions he's, he's making, and you get through this season to build for next season. That's the sort of underlying message here. And then he's got an opportunity to build in the summer and create something that's hopefully a lot more fruitful. The Chambershin one says, "What were Raul's up?" What were Raul's options at the moment of Nick Pope's mishandling of the ball on Sunday? Feels like an unpopular opinion at the moment, but I do get the feeling that he had choices there and was a bit complacent. Um, no, I just think as he's attempting to reach the ball, he's taken out. I really do, and I think it's a penalty. So um, I think depending again on the the speed of the ball, the trajectory, how close it is to the <clears> goal, uh, if it's heading, sort of the direction it's heading in as well, I think... Uh, his his one option is to pick the ball up and tap it into an empty net. At, at very least, chase it towards the, by, the the byline and try and get some sort of whip on it to put it around the corner of the post and, and score. Um, but the idea is that his options are to go and score until he's taken out. I, I really believe that and I stick by my, my opinion and the, the opinion of the vast majority that it's a, a penalty and probably a red card. Andy Willis, Julian Lopetegui is pretty good at sorting issues during games, but why has he been getting the starting lineup wrong in recent matches? Yeah, I don't think it's been in. I don't think there's loads of examples of that. I think City, you know, a few months back is is a big yeah. example of that. Um, Spurs at home recently was, and obviously made the change at half time. Uh, I don't. I don't necessarily think it was the wrong starting eleven choice at Newcastle. To be honest, I'm not sure it would have been my. My choice had I, had I made it, but I don't think it was necessarily wrong. I think there were other mitigating factors in that as to why Newcastle went on and, and to be honest, dominated that first half. But Wolves had had their moments, uh, and and let's be honest as well, only made one change at half time, and it was an attacking change to bring Neto on. The, the triple change didn't come till the 68th minute, so um, he obviously found that you know the starting eleven, bar and by and large, were you know the, was the right call. Um, but it's it's definitely you know uh, something to look at. It's 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 a it's a it's a line of questioning for Lopetegui, I think, because albeit he has made a lot of really good tactical changes in games, the first thing you want is to get the the right call first time out and and pick the right starting eleven to win a game. He's not always been guilty of that, but it is something to to work on. I think potentially as well. It, it comes down to the same answer as the previous one about being slightly conservative in the approach at times, not always, but at times. Hence why we haven't seen Acuna and Aral playing together anywhere near as much as me and you would like to see it. Steve Wolf in Bristol says, why is it so bloody difficult to find attendances figures these days, not just Wolves? Yeah, I think uh, they, they, they announced it in the stadium at St. James's Park. I think Wolves most of the time, from memory, I think. 
put it out there. But you, it's funny, I had this conversation with someone fairly recently where they were like, oh, it feels like it's more difficult to find that information these days. Um, I, it's not something that I go searching for because I don't, I, I don't, most of the time, don't really need it unless there's a peculiarly small attendance to Mon for example. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know why, to be honest. But sometimes a lot of clubs don't put the information out there, which is bizarre. But it's 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 a it's a very um, yeah a good spot though from you, and I'll maybe I'll keep an eye on it. Jonathan Hodge says, providing we stay up, do you think the summer transfer window could be our biggest and most important one yet since coming back from the Premier League to the Premier League? Yeah, I think um, I'll, I'll have to reiterate some of the things I've said on recent podcasts. Um, it depends what you mean by biggest and most important. Because if you mm. by biggest you mean Wolves are going to go out and spend two hundred million net on on signings, um, I think you'll be disappointed. They spent a lot in the last couple of windows, a hell of a lot. They spent almost uh, well near enough that two hundred on uh, on two windows combined. Um, obviously, there's a couple of sales to, to throwing to into the mix from obviously. Gibbs White and Donker players like that, but by and large they've spent a hell of a lot of money, a lot more than they normally would. The idea is they're going to have to balance the books, and this summer is going to be quieter. Um, they're going to have players going out, and that's going to give them the advantage. So Costa, Matinho, very likely to leave at the end of their contracts. Samedo, they've got the option for two years, but they need to make the decision based on his you know, very expensive wages whether they go with him or not. Um, they would like to, but they they need to make a financial decision on that one. Um, obviously you've got players like Neves could move on Nunes has had a lot of interest in him players like Raul and Johnny have not got really long contracts left and maybe are coming towards the end of their cycle at Wolves so there's a lot of decisions to make a lot of potential outgoings as well as balancing the books in terms of players leaving they will have money to bring players in you know we spoke about Alex Scott there's a player they want etc losing Matinho might allow them to have the funds to bring him in for example but at the same time they also need to reduce the squad size because Albeit, yes, they. it's nicer to have a bigger squad and bigger options, more options than, than they have done previously. If all players are, are fit, Lopetegui has to leave. I think it's, if my maths is correct here, which in maths is not my strong point. Um, really? Really? I know, surprisingly. I think they have to leave out five senior players from a squad with, if, if everyone's fit, which is, I, I know it's not always the case that everyone's fit, very rarely, in fact, but five is a lot Mm. Of senior players who want to be playing football to be left out of the squad. So um, Wolves will want Lopetegui to have the kind of solutions in the squad that he needs, but they they also can't have the squad too big from a financial point of view and also from a footballing point of view. So players will leave, players will come in. They'll have, I think there's there's four sort of key targets that they're looking at at the moment. Um, I would imagine Alex Scott being one of them. But they've, some of them will be dependent on players going out as well. So there won't be a massive... Uh, there might be a big turnover in terms of players in, but they, uh, players out rather, but there won't be a massive net spend. And that's purely from a financial point of view and partly football. Well said, Liam King. Ben Curtis, loved your rankings of away press boxes. Uh, how about a ranking of fan bases in the Premier League? Now, Ben, if we did that, we'd upset a lot of people. We've got to go away to these grounds. I'm not sure whether fan bases uh, would appreciate us doing that, but uh, but I appreciate the question, and I definitely won't be ranking Nottingham Forest and Arsenal in the bottom two. Um, but we'll move on, shall we? Terrible. <laughs> Honestly, can't stand either of them. Uh, Mike, Mike, I didn't mind Forest before that game, but get them gone, mate. Get them gone. Mike Allen. Uh, whilst if we lose the next two six pointers. We won't definitely be down. Do you agree that if we win the next two, we will definitely stay up? Interesting way of phrasing it. It is an um, interesting way of phrasing it. I wouldn't say definitely, no. I wouldn't say definitely uh, for either of them, so I'd agree with the first half of that. But um, I think you're all but, I think is the way I phrased on the last potty as well. I think that's fair enough to they're say. They're safe, mate. They're safe if they win the next two. If they go to Forest and win after beating Leeds, they're safe. Because they're going to pick up three or four points more in the last... Eight to nine. It's just they're safe. They're safe. I mean, they're not statistically safe because they could lose the next seven, but they're safe. I would hope so. Um, if they did, I hate even discussing this. If they did somehow catastrophically lose the next two, they would be. I mean, they would before going into Newcastle game. The bookies had them nine to one to go down. If they did lose the next two, they would be right in that relegation zone. They'd be, you know, probably right on that cusp of 18th, 17th, 19th. But within 
a point or two of getting back out of it or maybe just just out of it maybe um there would be more like even money for me then then it would be serious trouble it would be toss of a coin because if they'd lost those two games it would really be they'd be right in um in the mire wouldn't they yeah and i think the manner of the the defeats the fact mm. that who they're losing to as well yeah i think i think you're right they would be really really in it but that's not going to happen. They're not going to lose. They're not going to lose. No. Both. So don't play this back to me if if they do lose both, but it's not going to happen. They'll be fine. Mark Harvey, when was the last time we were awarded a penalty away from home? I saw this question. I had to wrap my brain. I, I know you've done your research and you went back in time to answer this question because you had plenty of time. So which where, where was it, Liam? Well, it's funny you say that. Go on. Um, I haven't got it to hand, so to speak. Good God. Um, but that's not really, look, that's not what the question is. The question mm-hmm. is, know. the question is, look, we're not getting the decisions. Look, he's, it's a very nuanced, very clever question. So don't try and put My them down. My God, you, you could be a politician. You don't, <laughs> don't try and put them down, Jude. You could be doing. a politician. I know what you're doing. It's a very, very clever, nuanced question. He's talking about the attitudes and the current refereeing standard in the Premier League, the greatest league in the world with the worst ref- referees in the world. Take that, put that in your pipe and smoke it, Judah. Um, no, you did a good. You you did that very well, mate. I mean, it was just like listening to Matt Hancock. To be fair, you were super. Now that is an insult, mate. Don't 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 compare <laughs> me to that weasel. Oh wow. Uh, okay, let's have a look. Uh, next question. Hello, Gavinda says June Lopetegui is clearly doing a great job, especially with in-game changes to a plan B. However, do you think the fact that he doesn't know his best 11 and we don't have a clear plan A is a worry? Um, Jez Massey says that there's quite a few people saying. You know, do you think Lopetegui knows his best level? I know you've answered it before that, but I don't think, I think it's just at this moment in time, it's horses for courses because this isn't his squad that he wants. He wants 60 to 70% of this squad, but he, you know, he knows that 30, 40% aren't his players, aren't his team, aren't his style. It's just a case of getting the best out of them, uh, depending on home, away, different teams, different tactics, looking ahead to the next game. There's so many different factors that are coming into it, isn't there? Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Um, and then it, it's, it's again really this sort of midfield, dense, conservative sort of style, which it hasn't been that consistently, but at times when Wolves have to make it tight, make it difficult, um, he reverts to that as the norm more, more often than not. Um, and I think... I mentioned about you know the severe towards the end that was sort of one of the criticisms thrown at him. Um, so he, he, he's got previous of it, but equally Wolves are in a position where they have to grind out results. They can't be free flowing and open all the time. And as we were just just mentioned, lose the next two or lose the next five out of seven um, and be right down there in the relegation. So um, yeah, they've uh, they, they've got to play it smart and 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 be a little bit conservative just to get through enough games with enough points to a point where you are safe and you build for next season. So um, that mixed with your point about it not being completely his squad, which I think is absolutely spot on, um, those two things combined means that there's going to be a lot of changes and we're not going to see a real settled side probably until next season, I would say. Um, and even then, maybe his style is to, is, is to change it more and we'll learn more about him um, from the summer onwards as well because... He's very much thrown into the deep end this season where he's one job. Doesn't matter what happens to individuals, mm-hmm. the players, the squad, he's keep walls in the Premier League. That's the only number one thing he has to do. Yeah, and he'll get a nice bonus for doing it. Do we get a big bonus for keeping um, keeping Wolves in the Premier League as well, Liam, from uh, Express and Star? Uh, I haven't had those conversations yet, but I think it's something worth, uh, it's worth, worth, worth approaching that topic, I think. Maybe I'll set a little appointment in. We'll go in next week, shall we? Yeah. Demand I'm, I'm, it. I'm not going to ask for much, just, you know... Uh, a tag, a tag, a watch. Freezing says Nuno criticised John Moss, and it took three years for him to move to VAR before finally packing it in altogether. This season, we have been rinsed by inept referees. Three decisions versus Liverpool in one game. Lamina's red, Pope's non-red. This isn't a new phenomenon. Where does it end? You tell me. Uh, unfortunately, it probably doesn't until until there's some sort of accountability, um, retraining, and to be honest, more of a sensible input from VAR to help officials. Because for as much criticism as we give them, and a lot of it is deserved, 
it is also a very difficult job and they are only human and the technology should be there to help them. As much as I don't like the technology, I think there is, or at least in the current state, I think there is a way of implementing the technology that is going to be less impactful on the game and the rhythm of the game, but more influential in getting to the right decision and the right conclusion. They haven't found that balance yet. They've shown very few signs of finding that balance at any point soon. Um, But if they do, then maybe we'll be in a better, better place. So, um, when I say I don't like VR and I'll get rid of it tomorrow, I still stand by that. But I stand by that in its current form. I think there's a there's a way of of implementing it that is potentially helpful. At the moment, it's pretty much useless. Um, and when you've got referees who aren't good enough, it's a it's a perfect storm for what you described after the game on the video as a shit show. It was a shit show. Um, no apologies for swears. Jonathan Giddings. I'll tie this in with Peter Thomas as well. I guess. Um, he Jonathan asks what's the plan for Fabio next season and Peter says keep loan or sell in the summer so let's maybe take Peter's and then if we don't discuss Fabio in that those three aspects keep loan or sell then we'll, we'll go on to it but keep loan or sell give me one of each now that is that is tough um, mm. keep loan sell I would say keep Mateus one player Nunes. okay um, I think with him on a long contract, there's a lot more to come from him. I think there's there's a real there, there's a real talent and potential big player in there for Wolves. Okay, he's taken too long to adapt, but I think there's something there's something to work with there. I would say keep. I would say loan someone like Jaquinho. Mm-hmm. I think coming back from his injury, there's a lot of options at the club at the moment, and you would imagine still quite a few for next season. He's probably not going to get much of a look in, and I think he's. I think he's. Is he twenty three now as well? Off the top of my head, yeah. I think he is. So, yeah. so yeah, I would loan him, and the sell I think is a very easy one if it's possible. Uh, here we go. If it's if it's possible, and obviously we waiting to find out more about this injury he's picked up, but Goncalo get us. Yeah. Um, I think I think you have to. Uh, I think you have to get any recoup as much money as you can for him um, I don't see it working for Wolves and of course him getting any sort of injury at all at Benfica is the worst mm-hmm. news for Wolves because um, not only were they moving him on so he can play and be happy because he clearly wasn't at Wolves it was also to put him in the shop window to try and get some money back for him um, yeah. and him not playing is not going to do that so um, it wouldn't surprise me if he has even if it's alone again in the summer and he does move on um, but I don't see his future being at Wolves Okay, um, I had a couple of similar ones, but I'll, I'll change it to um, for a couple of individuals. I'm going to go down a different line. I'm going to say keep Adama Traore, if they can do. Like I still it. think he adds a lot to it, um, whether you like him or not. I still think that Adama Traore in this squad for next year and, and, and beyond will definitely help and definitely gives Lopetegui, I think, um, a game changer off the bench. Uh, so keep Adama Traore. I would say loan Joe Hodge. I think he should have been loaned, really, for this second half. I think they've missed a bit of a trick there. Um, I know that Lopetegui liked him and wanted to keep him in and around the squad. I get that, but I feel like he's kicking his heels a little bit and would have really have done well in, probably, I would have said, easily a championship loan for the second half of the season. I think that's a real frustrating aspect for me that he's not he's not away um, between now and the end of the season. So... He for me would do with a loan, whether it's a you know a, a January callback or whatever for the first half of the season would be would be one they'd have to look at and sell. I mean, I'd get us as well. I'm going to say sell. I'm going to say sell the top scorer. I'm going to say sell Daniel Pedence. Oh, you like a controversial shout? I like a controversial take. I'm going to say sell Daniel Pedence. I don't think he's Lopetegui's guy. I don't think he's the one he wants to build around and have a starting regular. And I think that he is expendable at this moment in time. Yeah, I, I, it's not really that controversial, to be honest, because I, I completely understand that point of view as well. I think there'd be some fans that would probably probably agree with that as well. Mm. I'll give you that. Hodge, do you think do you think he should have gone, in hindsight? Yeah, I think so, in hindsight. I consider the reasons for not doing it, I can understand... Um, but I think Bubakar is not far away now as well, so um, there's going to be someone missing out, uh, even before you get to Hodge. Obviously, he's missing out on the squad at the moment altogether, but 
one of either Bubakar or Jao Gomez, unless Matinho does, but I don't see that happening, mm. is probably going to miss out on the squad altogether yeah. in the next few weeks. So, uh, in hindsight, I think so. I think you missed an opportunity there. The only caveat to that is he's getting opportunity with the first team training, being in and around it. And a lot of clubs do do this, and Wolves have done it as well in the past, where the player stays with the club for six months, even when maybe a loan was, was in there in their rearview mirror and then you uh, look at it for the summer so I think obviously Wolves mm-hmm. are, are going to do that by, by the looks of it but um, I can see the benefits of that but probably to get him playing I probably would have, would have sent him out I think yeah Wolves first if Liverpool's were to prepare to let Jota go as is rumoured would he be a good signing and would it be possible you just realised we didn't come back to the Fabio thing so I'll do that afterwards so yes we'll do, okay. we'll do Jota first yeah um, I'd be very surprised if if he didn't have suitors that were probably Champions European League. Champions League mm. clubs, I would say. So I'd be very surprised. If you're asking me, my opinion, I'd take him back in a heartbeat. But what what, what are the finances involved in making that happen as well? And we discussed how Wolves are going to have to approach it's not this, happening. this summer. It's not happening. Don't see that happening. So no. unless Liverpool were very generous with, uh, with how the deal is structured, um, or even if it was Unless- a loan, something along those lines. Or um, if it was a, if it was a situation involving Mateus Nunes, or let's say, look, we can't rule it out, Ruben Neves. Yeah, they're the only ways I could see it see it being possible. But I don't think Diego, I don't think Diego Jota's coming back to Wolves, and I don't I don't I think, with all due respect, I think he'll like you say he'll want Champions League football. And I think he will be short on offers. I mean, he's got an incredible record when he's been fit, and look, those injuries have started to to catch up with him a little bit, and some of the injuries that he had. At Wolves, he, did, he you know he was on the treatment table for long periods of time. He was fit to start and had a, the dream start to his um, his Anfield career. But at the same side, when you when you've scored those goals at the top level, there are plenty of suitors that will want him. Um, like you say, in in the UK, the Premier League, and in Europe. Spot on, absolutely. Um, so just to come back quickly to the Fabio question. Yeah, was, yeah. I think, was was the question? What's the sort of plan with him in the summer? Yeah. So yeah, there were some rumours going around about Wolves being in talks with sending him out to PSV on loan or PSV sort of being interested in him coming back in some capacity. Um, Wolves are not entertaining that at all at the moment. It's not true. There's no talks. Um, As it stands, Wolves and the manager, Lopetegui, want to look at Fabio in the summer and make a decision. Um, They they may decide to send him back out again. It may happen. Um, And obviously he's doing fairly well at PSV. He did well at Anderlecht before that. He scored again at the weekend. Scored a penalty. So... Um, there's obviously it's possible that they, he could get a move again, but I think it's uh, it's unlikely that anything's going to be agreed until they sort of have a, a look at him and make a decision in the summer. The manager is very keen to look at him and 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 uh, and see where he might fit into the team. At the same time, are Wolves going to entertain a permanent deal? I'd be very surprised. He's on a very long contract. It's a player that is high profile because of the money they spent on him. Um, I don't think Wolves would be would be open, and also how much of they're thirty-five million. They're going to be able to recoup. Um, they're definitely not going to get the whole the whole fee back. So I don't think Wolves will be in a position financially to even want to sell him, let alone actually what they want to do. And I think Wolves will want him to be part of the squad going forward, long term, whether that's next season or not. David Robert T says Borough are having a cracking season. If promotion follows, who in your heart will you want to win? Wolves versus Borough next season. And the same question to Liam, please, about Wolves versus Villa. Yeah, that was an interesting one because I uh, I saw that question. I thought <laughs> I thought this has got to be a joke because because I looked at the chap's account and it seemed unless I'm missing something. Oh, seemed, here we go. Here seemed, we go. This is no, going to be this is going to be ratty. ratty no, 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 no. It's not. No, honestly, it's not. I'm not. I'm not going to slag him off. I, I, unless I'm wrong and I missed something, it seemed like it wasn't a troll account. It looked like it's an actual real person and it's a genuine mm. question. Didn't, I didn't see anything from the previous, other tweets to us or anything that suggests that it's a joke. But I thought, surely that's got to be a joke. Oh, you've he, replied to him. Are you, I hope you're joking. Yeah, I, I know. And he, and he hasn't even acknowledged that. So um, what worries me is that he it isn't a joke and he genuinely believes that this ongoing joke of me being a Villa fan is true, which I will confirm for the millionth time is not true. Um, I, I, I have grown up a Wolves fan and always have been. But... What worries me is that he thinks that's true, and mm. um, and unfortunately, I think he I think he might have been duped. I think he's been duped by. Well, let's be honest. You pushing this joke. To, I didn't to, start. To, to I didn't start anything. No, you didn't start it, but you've been pushing it to try and warm me up. And um, I haven't bitten up until maybe twenty seconds ago. 
to be fair, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, mate. To be fair to everyone, and I've got to be honest here, Liam um, is is a massive, massive Wolves fan, and you gave up your your season ticket in the Holt end about seven, about seventeen or eighteen, were you when you gave it up? There's just honestly, you're you're just so transparent. Get some new material, son. Oh, uh, Borough versus Wolves. And look, I think they're going to go up automatically. Carrick's doing a great job. It'd be a good Chef, you, out, are, it? Chef you are on the down low. That, that's going to be messy. That's going to be messy. Let's just say that. But uh, it'll be fun. Fun and games, isn't it? And I it'd mean, be a new stadium for me to take off, so I, I want them to come up. Oh, mate. We'll have to um, go to a certain hotel. I remember me and Spears having breakfast alongside Mr. She at a very glam five-star hotel the day before. Um, so we'll have to um, have to take you for a little round of golf as well beforehand. Take you to the old training ground, my old um, stomping ground in the tr- in, in Middlesbrough HQ, and then we'll go to the game. That'd be lovely. I mean, it a weekend like a... away, spa, little spa, oh, little massage. It's, this little sounds cu- like an absolute delight. Oh mate, I can sort a couple's massage out for us. Happy days. Oh, perfect. Oh, there you go. Here we go, Stu. Good question. This is probably one of my favourite questions so far. I said. Wolves fought tooth and nail to sign Zhao Gomez, but he has only spent 66 minutes on the pitch. He has had six weeks to get up to speed. Why aren't we seeing more of him? I think it's a really fair question. I do. I like it as well. The only thing I, I will come back to this is that there's a, there's a couple of reasons. One being that his position is very, very competitive. You've got he's probably a Neves or a Lamina replacement. Neither of those, as it stands, are going to be replaced, um, provided they're fit and available to play. So he, that leaves him in a very difficult position, first of all. Secondly, he's very young still, 21. He's arrived, with, you know, he's got a young family coming over from South America, first time heading off abroad, is the best league in the world. He, he is going to need time. And I think Wolves have probably done the smart thing by giving him, by not being carried away uh, by his debut winner off the bench at Southampton. I think you need to give him enough time to aim for next season. Genuinely, I know it's not it's not exciting, and fans get you know fans want him to make a massive impact. And of course, he did with that goal. But I think you really have to look at you know Wolves are planning ahead for next season really by signing him in the first instance. That was really the the idea behind it because they're expecting at least one or maybe two midfielders to be heading off, and you just need to give him that kind of time. I think he you know. He, he will make a start before the end of the season. I'd be surprised if he didn't, um, and I hope it goes well for him, of course. But I don't think you need, I don't think you should be expecting a lot. I think you need to give him that time to to bed in because it's a, it's a lot of change for a very young guy. With, as I say, with a young family, um, he's got a lot of hurdles to overcome, and at the moment he's got players, experienced players, important players playing ahead of him. So you can't expect him to come in and take their place. Good stuff. Um, this is a good question as well. Paul Mansell says, rank these refereeing decisions over the past three weeks from worst to absolute worst. Are you ready? I'm you got ready. pen and paper? Okay. Nunes penalty at Forest. I am I am writing it as we speak. Nunes, okay, so Nunes pen. penalty at Forest. Totti offside in inverted commas at Liverpool. Totti offside, yep. Yeah. Lamina third person approaching second yellow at Southampton. Yeah. Or Jimenez no penalty at Newcastle. Worst to absolute worst. It's, it is a tough one. I would say I work I work from worst to absolute worst. I'd say yeah. obviously they're all terrible, but the lesser of the evils there is probably the Lamina red. Oh, I, okay. Not for me, but carry on. The reason I'm doing that is because of the impact on the game. Wolves still won that game. Mm. So I think the impact is lessened because of that. I then go... I then go Nunes Penn at Forest. Yeah. Because um, obviously that could have... <laughs> that could have won Wolves a game and put them mm-hmm. through to a semi-final of a cup. And also... It is subjective. I thought it was a penalty. I think a lot of people did, but it is subjective as well. So I'll go with that. It's a tough one, but I think... I I don't know. I think I'll go Totti offside next. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is just recency bias, but I'll go with that because that is just purely VAR, not 
working, which is incredible. Um, but it's not that they couldn't look at it properly, it, or, or it's not because it's not that they looked at it and didn't make the decision that it you know, didn't make the right decision. It was because they couldn't look at it because of abject failures. But still, mm-hmm. and then I'll go Jimenez because I mean it was just a stonewall penalty, which is incredible. Yeah, I'm gonna say. Like you say, you've done it for different, you know, how the game's finished and stuff like that. I would say, I'm going to say Nunes penalty at Forest. This is worst, absolute worst. Nunes penalty at Forest. I'm going to say Totti offside at Liverpool. Jimenez no penalty at Newcastle. And I think the worst is Lamina. Even though they, really? they won the game. Even though they won the game. It was just an astonishing moment, and one of the most ridiculous decisions I think I've seen. It was just, just absolute, and it obviously caused a huge debate throughout the media, throughout you know football. I think really. Um, so for me, that was just preposterous and almost just an, just a running joke, really. So for me, that was it. But look, there's no right or wrong answer. They're all pathetic, pathetic, pretty much. Um, Ronan Gibbon says. Sunday, I, as well as thousands of others, spent 16 hours of our lives going to watch a match. And yet again, we travelled back, not talking about the match, but talking about a referee decision. When will these frauds be held accountable for their actions? I've had enough. Yeah, no, this this comes back to the point I made uh, recently as well about, you know, football's a, a working class game. Wolves is one of a lot of clubs and communities that work hard for their money and go to the football as their... As, in, in some cases, as their one thing that they go and do. It's not always the case, but for a lot of people who work very, very hard in the week, have difficult jobs, long hours, save their money up and they go to the football. This is this is a reality for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, Wolverhampton's a working-class area, the black country's a working-class area, and these people work hard to go and watch football, and it gets ruined by incompetent decisions. <laughs> and there's no other way, there's no other way of describing it. And I... It's frustrating for me and, and me and you, and, and we get paid to watch these. We're in the fortune position where we get paid to go and watch Wolves every single week. These people pay themselves. In many cases, if they're staying over, it can go into the thousands. People are paying to go and watch their team. Everything added together, food, drink, travel, accommodation, tickets. And they get and essentially, they're getting robbed. They're getting robbed. If Wolves lose 2-0 and they perform bad and they deserve to lose, and there's no contentious decisions, the fans are annoyed, angry at the manager, the players, whatever it is. And as, as annoying as that still is, and frustrating as that still is, you can you can stomach it, because you know that you've you've not been robbed of something that you potentially deserve better in. The Newcastle game, Wolves deserve to lose on the balance of the whole game, but at nil-nil, with that massive decision that changes the game, changes the outlook of the whole contest... Wolves have been robbed of an opportunity. Whether they took the opportunity or not is another thing, but robbed of an opportunity to win the game and um, and that the fans the fans suffer for it. The club suffers, mm-hmm. of course they do, but the fans lose money um, yeah. to watch rubbish. Chris says, if the worst happens and we are relegated, how big a financial impact will it have on Wolves? And will they likely do a Burnley and come straight back up or will they get stuck in the lower leagues? I think that you, you will see the real impact of that once, uh, if Wolves don't come back up quickly, if Wolves don't mm. come back up within a year or two, um, of course, parachute payments play a big role, things like that. If if Wolves didn't come back up fairly quickly, then you would see the real impact of that and how much Wolves are able to invest and how much... Um, I mean, obviously, a lot of players would leave as well, but um, that's when you would really be able to tell. And that's what you don't want. You don't want to go down and not come back up pretty quickly because mm. without that you then get into not only the financial rut, but the footballing rut of playing season after season in the Championship. Before Wolves came up under Nuno, it would be how, how long had it been? It had been, was it five or six years since the yeah. Mick McCarthy years? Before that, it had been, was it what, eight or nine from when Dave Jones took, took us up in 03? You know, there's big stretches there where Wolves have been in the lower leagues, Championship or below, and um, and and that's what you don't want. So that that's where you'll see the real impact. So it's difficult to gauge it until you're in that position, but that's the kind of that's when you'll be able to tell the real impact that it's going to have on Wolves. 
I'm asked music show, who out of the Wolves squad have you found to be the nicest in terms of things like giving you time, stopping for interviews, always being approachable and not blanking you when you see you as a familiar face? And and, and I hope they do see me as a familiar face. <laughs> um, I mean, to, be, to be fair, look, there's, there's always players that don't do a lot of interviews and don't... Mm-hmm. Um, whether they like it or not, I don't know. There's, there's always there's always some, but to be fair to all, they've got a lot of good eggs. Um, and and the two that come to mind straight away, maybe it's again recency bias because I'd interviewed them fairly recently, one more recent than the other. But Sarabia and Cunha both come to mind. Both genuinely really friendly people, very generous with their time. I mean, Cunha was after the Man City loss. Um, the fact that the Wolves had lost three nearly didn't have to. A lot of players wouldn't have stopped, but he was. Um, he was very gracious with his time, very happy to speak. And although it wasn't a long-form interview, um, he gave a very good sort of Im- uh, impression of himself. Sarabia was a sit-down. Me and obviously John Percy at the Telegraph did a sit-down, uh, long-form interview with him. We had half an hour with him. Um, genuinely really nice guy, very humble, uh, very family-orientated, wanted to come to Wolves and feel like he was part of a family at a club as well and feel like he was wanted and wanted to play week in, week out. So we're leaving a club like PSG with Messi and Neymar and... Mm-hmm. Mbappe and the kind of money he would probably been earning as well. I mean, he um, so he's, so he's he's got a lot of tag hooers. He has a lot of tag hooers. <laughs> oh, it's unbelievable. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, so those two credit to them. I mean, I'll just run through the squad very quickly. A couple of us that I mean, I interviewed Dan Bentley once. You know, nice guy. Nathan Collins. To be fair to him, for someone who is young, someone who hasn't been in the team recently. Every time I've spoken to him throughout the season, he's never shied away. He's never bottled it. He's always come <laughs> even after losses, and he's come and spoke, and he's. He's given his time and he's been very open and honest. So Collins has always been a, a, a good talker. Um, who else? I mean, Totti's a, a great a, a great talker when when obviously it's not ideal when he's not playing, but um, he's always been brilliant. Um, especially because I, mean, I interviewed him when he first came back and was playing with the twenty threes originally, and he's always been good. Neves is good when you when you get him, but you don't always get him because he does a lot of broadcast. Um, but he's always good value, and you know he's, he's a he's a good talker, a sort of proper captain. Um, other than that, you might be—I mean, you might be struggling. Maybe um, Raul's always okay, but he, he, you don't always get a lot from him, and he doesn't always stop, and he hasn't stopped for a while recently, understandably so. Um, but overall, I think the, the message is that, uh, and actually, to be fair, Adama, I know I only done him once, but he was good. Um, Wolves uh, just said one person. You've got the whole squad, man. We're running out of time. Come on. I'm just giving them all their due credit. Um, yeah, there's, there's there's some good eggs in there and some guys who are you know gracious with their time. So I'll put it that way. Good stuff. Okay, right. No, uh, there's quite there's, there's quite there's quite a few questions. Oh my god, we are going to be here for three hours, man. That's why we've got a second podcast this week. We're still going over an hour. Um, okay, there's quite a few questions that we've kind of already answered either in the, in the previous podcast at the start of the week or obviously earlier on in this one, so I'm not going to answer them. Um, Nick says, any update on the stadium? Steve Ball, the rebuild? Yeah, so nothing imminent is the way to, the way to phrase it. Um, I think... It, it harks back to as well the you know how wolves are going to have to approach the summer financially as well so it's not something they're going to be able to to jump at quickly uh, i mean you can change quickly of course it can but at the moment that's that's not the priority um it's definitely on their radar it's something they want to do and i think matt hobbs has spoken about investing in you know obviously the training ground and things like that as well it's something they want to do but i think the timing of it is massively important and it's not just where Wolves are financially, it's also the economy itself and how viable it is to do. So at the moment, it's not something that's going to happen imminently. But um, if and when that changes, I'll uh, I'll keep you updated. Andy Matthews, why do Wolves not complain to the Premier League as this is now getting ridiculous in terms of refereeing decisions? Like Forrest Tabby says, as Nate said, the the potential implications for this ineptitude is far-reaching. Jobs are at stake. I mean, I think Wolves have complained, haven't they? Um, I mean, they've had... Complained a couple of times. Yeah, I mean, they, I they've forested recently. But. Yeah, they've got open communication with Howard Webb and the PGML, and uh, yeah, they. Um, I mean, as I've as I've already previously alluded to, nothing happens, nothing changes. This is the problem. Um, you can scream and shout all you want, but for the most part, these governing bodies are pretty silent publicly. Um, which I can understand. They don't want to absolutely throw their referees under the bus. I get it. But at the same time, there's got to be some sort of accountability and some sort of solution. And at the moment, mm-hmm. um, it's not good enough. So Wolves are stuck between a rock and a hard place because they'll 
make their their voice heard either publicly or privately and they have done privately they spoke to Howard Webb and they have that line of communication open with him um, but nothing changes so Wolves are going to be just as frustrated as the fans are Did you just mention solutions? <laughs> you know what it, it didn't even cross my mind when I said it oh. I, should, I should think more clearly next time Oh brilliant um, look that's it second in the week I mean so we've got time to answer questions we've gone on what we could have gone on longer, but 75 minutes, first episode of the week. Um, this is an hour and five minutes. So we are going to do it if and when we can try and get to, because I know, like I say, you've got so many questions. So we're trying to get to every single one um, that we can, because obviously we love you peeps. So yeah, that's, um, we'll do the same next week, Liam, two next week for us. I think so. Yeah, I think it should work. We'll check, we'll check the diary, but I think it should work. Reaction to the um, to the two one win over Leeds United or two nil win as you predicted is it for the uh, for the competition? I did predict that indeed, and um, I mean that would feel good, wouldn't it? And bounce back oh. with three points at home. Oh, fingers crossed, uh, mate. I'll see you tomorrow at uh, at the old Molyneux, and uh, from me, from Liam, have a great weekend. Fingers crossed, three points tomorrow. Please, 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 take care. Bye bye. Cause we're on the attack The strength of the wolf is the strength of the pack We're Wolverhampton, we're on our way back